Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Okay. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the HA podcast. Ashley's joining me today for... An episode we're excited to do, listener Q and A. Yeah, we love these. We love Q and A. I um, I forgot to plug my headphones in. To I've been trying to improve the quality of the audio, and they keep because. Ugh. There we go. Hang on. <laughs> Speaker. There we go. Okay. Much better. 
Yes, everyone, welcome. So we or I requested people respond. If you follow or on my email list, you can reply to my emails and ask questions that I will then bring on to the show. So to do that, um, you can email me, danny at thehasociety.com or go on our website, thehasociety.com. You know, put your email in somewhere, you know, either put yourself on the society wait list or do our quiz or our challenge. You'll be on the mailing list at that point, And then you can reply and submit any of these questions. That is the best place to do it. If you send me or Ashley a question in an Instagram DM, it might not make it onto the shirt. <laughs> no promises. We'll try. <laughs> best effort, but emails always. <laughs> That's right. Don't DM me. <laughs> you know you've made it actually when you're at a point where you're like don't dm me well i just think that email is just it's such an easy way to organize and stay organized that anything outside of it is like the wild wild west it's like yeah i mean I may, or may not um instagram and i think this is only for business accounts or something but them bringing in mock messages as unread has been game-changing <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel so bad because um, I had a few people DM me and it showed up in what it like hidden the, like, requests. The, like, yeah. The like mm-hmm. request. And normally that's only like for spam. Right. So I don't ever really pay attention yeah. to it. And, and there was like two important messages in there. And I was like, yeah, I, know. I swear I'm not rude and uh-huh. trying to ignore you. I don't know why it got put in that folder, but I don't ever check the like requests type of yeah. thing. Um, and it was two great messages that I totally responded to. And I was like, I swear that was I know. not, I check the, I have to check that folder every couple of days too, just in case someone slips through the cracks, but yeah, it's like, thank, thank gosh for Mark is unread because I used to get anxiety being like, if I tap into this message and it's cause you know, uh, oh, we'll yeah. get, we'll get messages that are like three pages long. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they, cause people want help and ad- advice and they'll give you like their backstory. So like, if I tap into this message and it's three pages long and I don't have time right now, I need to be able to mark it as unread so I can come back to it. Um, and so that's like one thing that Instagram's on, right. The text message needs to figure out. Yeah. And, but the moral of the story is email is better because <laughs> yeah, we want to hear from you. We do. We want to hear from you. So the best way is email or just on our website. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want to dive in to some questions? I love questions. Okay. All right. I don't know why, but I love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Abby, Abby says, my current challenge is trying to lose weight appropriately. Before, I always used to eat the same thing every day. When I wanted to drop weight, I tweaked my normal stuff. Now I try to always have a variety and go with how I'm feeling. So don't have any consistent data, as I liked to call it. I'm just not positive what will work. And I'm constantly fighting with what, to, with what do I need to keep this period going Versus what can I get rid of? What is too aggressive? How long should it take me to trim up and lose some weight? I mean, I should have done like triggered warning for people. Yeah, this is huge. huge. But but, I mean, you know how we're going to answer this question. 
And then she says, I don't know if this is something that you could use, but I've learned if I've learned anything from reading your emails and listening to your podcast, it's that if I'm struggling with it, others are too. Boom. That's exactly right. And I like this question because there are people, this is coming up a lot um, in conversations right now for me, which is this thing of reservations. One of my clients, Lindsay, taught me about reservations in um, like addicts, Alcoholics Anonymous, for example, and how you have a reservation as in, I'm willing to do all these things, but if this happens, mm. going back, or if, you know, there's, there's something that you hold on to that like is an out for you. And this feels like one of those things where it's like, I'm willing to do recovery so long as, you know, there's a way that I can eventually lose the weight. And I think we all have at some point had these reservations and there's a bunch of people right now who are like putting that on this. Like I will recover if it means if I can do it without having to gain weight or if I can do it and then lose the weight back or something like that. Yeah. So huge trigger warning. And so I'm going to come at this from two different ways. And then I would love to hear your thoughts. So number one, as um, a nutrition coach who mainly focused on getting people shredded at all costs because that's what they wanted. So, um, I guess for me, I knew that I could always return back to that lifestyle and everybody that I've ever worked with, they're like, I know that I can return back to that lifestyle and I know exactly what to do. But right now, the part of recovery is not turning back to that lifestyle, even though it's a skill or ability that I have. Right. So I do want to acknowledge that when I went into recovery, I was like, I had a reservation. I was like, well, if this absolutely does not work, I know exactly what to do and how to do it. You know what I mean? So maybe there was that extra confidence of like, well, if everything goes to crap, but the truth is, is that if that was true, then I probably would have never recovered because I would, because I knew too much. At one point, you know, too much where, where you're like, if I continue this, like it is not going to actually bring me health. And this isn't the um, this lack of freedom isn't what I want. So I'll start off with that. <clears throat> the second thing is, um, so now I'm going to address this from the coaching side. That was just from a personal side. Right. And now from a coaching side, I would absolutely say, <clears throat> have we spent enough time in your recovered body to give your mind the chance to settle and adapt and adjust, meaning that most of my clients, almost all my clients who have recovered, we go into recovery kicking and screaming, and it's super painful because we're gaining all this weight and we're seeing our body change. We're seeing all this, right? Um, and even once someone gets their period and they even ovulate, they're still at the most uncomfortable that they've ever been in their entire life. Like everyone thinks that once you get your period and once you ovulate, that you're like at the end and it's really like the real start line. Right. Um, and so my first challenge would be give your body a whole year of you not trying to diet, 
Just give your body an entire year after you've recovered, give your body 12 cycles to lay down some bone, to restore the hormones in your brain, because what happens is that your perception of your body also changes. So to go straight into dieting or trying to lose this excess weight without a restored brain, emotions, hormones, like you're just getting back on the rat race. And I'm not saying that weight loss doesn't happen afterwards, but it only happens if, and when your body feels safe and it's settled and you're nourishing it. And so if your body does want to lose weight after recovery, it'll do it naturally. But if you force it, you're going to it's like, you're going to be met with resistance. You're going to be met with likely losing your cycle because one, you're probably pushing way too soon and you've not let your body, um, settle. And so it'll meet you with resistance and that will spiral you into a whole other rabbit hole. But my long story short is give your body a year after you've recovered to see if your emotions and your perceptions has changed of your body. And if your body wants to let go of any additional weight, let it do it naturally. That is, and if it doesn't happen, then it's a very strong indication that your body is exactly where it needs to be in order to maintain ovulation and working out. So that's just kind of my, um, I'm going to answer, but just, but it's not going to be the answer that you want knowing that I could fully give you a plan to cut down, but that's just not the jam that I'm into these days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But do you at the same time, right. Feel like it's, you know, she, cause her thing is like, I want to cut down and I want to do it safely. Like I want to, I want to like not lose my period. And so that, I mean, that is a separate question and I've addressed it a bunch of times. Right. And it's like, I'm just going to like throw, throw this out there really quick. My question for you is, do you, do you think it's possible? Um, a hundred percent. Do I think it's possible? Yes. Um, do I think it's possible? So let's say that if I, let's say that I was to agree to this, right. Mm -hmm. That I was like, yes, I will take you on as a client in that perspective. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, being now that I don't coach for a company that forces things on me, I would firmly put down my foot and be like, I actually won't work with you until you're a year out simply because of all the things that I've spoken about, like mentally, hormonally perception, all these things. And simply because it's like one of those things of seasons, like, like you're not in a weight loss season, you're in a restoring season and mm -hmm. people who try to jump into a weight loss season, rushing into, it. rushing into it, like just simply because you're impatient does not mean that your body is going to comply just because you want it to. Right. So that's a whole other thing. But do I think that there is a middle ground? Absolutely. Do I think it's, um, very far and few people coming from HA can achieve it. Yes. Do I think it's an extremely slippery slope to where you will likely mm. lose your period again, because you've pushed it too far? A hundred percent. The real question is, is once you lose the weight, once you've pushed it too far, are you willing to bring yourself back out and yeah. stay at the place where your body has chosen, not where you've chosen? Mm-hmm. 
So do I think it's technically possible? Of course, I think it's technically possible, right? Do I think the chances are slimmer for those who are recovering from HA? I think your chances get even slow, like slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. Do and there's no shame about talking about this topic, huh? It's like I have so many things I want to interject. Oh yeah, go 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 go. Yeah, yeah. But no, but there's no shame about this because everyone thinks this going into recovery. Yeah, everybody. If, that's the thing. Is like it 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 is potentially possible from people, but you know, if you were able to do it safely, um, like if you already had nothing standing in your way of doing that, you probably would have already done it. Right. So we now know if you come from an HA background that you have tendencies built in biases and, and behavior cannot be, uh, ignored in this. Cause this is all behavior. Like this, you know, this whole thing, it's not that your body, um, you know, spontaneously developed this issue, right? Your behaviors led you there. And so there's no chronic like, behavior, mm-hmm. like not just like accidentally one or two months, like this is chronic. Yeah. You know, you neurologically wired it in. Right. So if that's why there's no, like, oh, I had three periods. Now I can go straight into this because it's like, you probably need to be in recovery for a few years before it's safe for you, before you've developed the skills to be able to, you know, chase body composition. Now, what happens when you're in recovery for a bunch of years and you do it right, is that goal sort of like loses its lust anyways kind of what like to your first point Ashley of like I mean it's always on the table technically like Mm -hmm. you can go back there and the value of having that relate that you know when you first come into recovery there is value in telling yourself that it's getting you started Mm -hmm. it's like it's making the first step not feel so big so if you want to tell yourself you know if I'm if this doesn't work, then I'll go back like, sure. But you have to give it plenty, like a really good try. And you have to be very honest with yourself. I think a lot of this process is honesty. So if you are three years out or right of recovery or something, and you want to start training again, you know, you have to be really good at looking objectively at what's happening with your body and your diet and the data you should be tracking your cycle and if you see the signs that it's slipping backwards, then you know, I need to add more. There's no like, oh, hey, if you work out in this way, you won't screw anything up. That's not how it works. It's if you're always keeping an eye on how you're feeling, eating enough, tracking your cycle, making sure that like you're not going backwards in your performance and in how you're feeling and yada, yada, then you can be pulling levers, right? So if we have, if say we do have a client that, um, is working with us to return to training safely, which would probably be advised, right. To have like someone helping you, we would be looking at them and saying, Oh, Hey, like your luteal phase just lost two days this month. Like, let's look at training and let's back right off and let's look at food and let's up that right up. Like you have to be pulling levers at all times with exercise. And I think that's more important, um, than saying like, Oh, there's this one way to work out that will never make never cause issues with your cycle because 
we see people who are very sensitive even to like a half hour walk you know so it's yeah um one of the things that you said is really important too of um that goal losing its lust because one of the things is the people who I've worked with who have kept that as such a high priority they have continued to stay in limbo and will not exit limbo I have a note here on limbo is that when you hold on to these reservations and these goals you never get what you actually want yeah stay in limbo and you don't realize you're in limbo yes it's so I mean So it's literally like you, unfortunately, what I think that this would produce more than the results that this person would intend is seasons, multiple seasons of limbo. Does that make sense? Uh, Just like constant, just like a whole yeah so whether it leads into the next season which leads yeah except for that it's like groundhog day and it's the same Uh seasons over and over and you never move forward right Mm -hmm. so then it's like this can so then this condition tends to be a permanent thing for you because we've never exactly healed Mm -hmm. from it um but yeah no do a hundred percent i do think that there's a place where you can incorporate healthy habits and let your body decide what it wants to do but it's being okay with what your body decides to do that's the deciding factor opposed to when we go for weight loss we're telling our body what it needs to do it's a it's a coming from two completely different places yeah totally i'm trying i'm going through the question to make sure we addressed it um you know fully just have yeah i always have a variety to um to go with how I'm feeling. So I don't have any consistent data. I'm not positive what will work. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You, you know, when you start to move your body again, you track all the things we mentioned and that will show you if things are working or not, Mm -hmm. this isn't a time to go by feel. And I'm constantly fighting with what I need to do to keep this period going versus what I can get rid of so that's yeah. interesting very telling so think about whenever so once you're healed returning to exercise your priorities change it's like my main priority is keeping ovulation rather than my main priority is body composition change if the priorities never shift in body composition change stays the priority number one so what was that quote that I said during the training? Like you're constantly creating what you're committed to. Mm, yeah. You are constantly creating what you're committed to. If you're so, allowing this goal of trimming up or losing some weight, mm-hmm. as is said in the, the question, you're going to take action towards that goal. And you're going to, yeah, your, your, your environment's going to like, you know, you're going to be committed to creating that environment rather than committed to keeping ovulation. Um, Mm. Yeah, so think about just putting ovulation as number one totally shifts the order of everything that falls underneath. And when you put body composition as number one, it completely shifts the order of everything that's underneath, right? Because there's a difference of your body letting go of the additional overshoot weight that most women do have because your body does that naturally, like without effort, opposed to intentionally restricting, which is trimming up. So you're basically saying, how much can I intentionally restrict 
without pissing off my HPO access. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's I mean, the line I can tow here? Right. And so the thing, again, no shame in this because everybody's like, so where's that line? I mean, you and I tried it right after our first cycle. You know what I mean? So you're like, I never want to forget my journey because like, this was a question that I had that I may have not want to ask out loud. Right. Because it's like in certain communities, it's like, how dare you ever consider weight loss ever again? Shame, 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 shame. You know what I mean? Rather than like, okay, well, let's just talk about it you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you can like pit that some people can get to a point where they're like, well, oh, maybe I'll try to cut and oh, this isn't working and they can, they can walk away. You know? Yeah. Like it, you need to have the ability to walk away or to, and to go slow with it too. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's a side thing, but. And again, think about that would fall underneath ovulation. Am I willing to walk away if ovulation is compromised? Exactly. Where if body is- composition, yeah. This is where, you know, what you say about like, uh, (laughs) that it's actually unreasonable, you know, to the, the impression I get from questions like this is like, I, but, but I still should be able to do this because this is still what is important to me and my people. I still Um, want it all. I still want it all. I still want it all. And it's not reasonable. Yeah. when you really think about it so you're still continuing to put this pressure on yourself and i i can really feel i can feel a lot of empathy because there are people like but why is this so, like can't mm. i just want this without you telling me that like i'm <laughs> it's you know, tied into all these things <laughs> you know, yeah you know what i mean but i think that the truth is that it just is like it just is tied into all of these things because I go through this all the time it comes up for me and I'll be like oh my gosh I feel uncomfortable in my body you know what do I do what what action am I going to take because that's like the first thing that comes up and then I like I check in I'm like why you know is this a reasonable goal for me does this make sense? Is this the person I want to be? Is this life I want to live? No, I don't want this to be a topic on my mind. And I like, it's a multi-step conversation in my head that happens in a couple of minutes. But like, I, I think if you stay stuck in this, no, I do really, really, really want to lose weight. And, and it's hard because I'm struggling to toe the line between my health and my body well then you're not ready yeah um and honestly that's what the most of the coaching that you and I do because the prescription while it is detailed and tweaked per individual based on their circumstance like this is really what you wind up talking about from week to week or every other week or once a month of how do I navigate these thoughts feelings and emotions and acknowledging that I may have commitments that are opposing like I have conscious goals and I have subconscious goals yeah so this happened yesterday with a client but in in case she wants to be remain anonymous I will call her math brain and (laughs) interesting (laughs) is um we got we got her first period back um about two months ago and then maybe three months ago and she hasn't gotten another one since okay so we looked at things and 
the situation was interesting at first glance, right? This is where like experience comes in. But the situation was interesting at first glance because she was like, I'm so happy with how I feel every day. My body image, I, I love the weight that I've gained. Like it's fine. I'm like, I happy. I, my work, I changed jobs. So I'm not stressed anymore. Yada, yada, yada. And you're like, oh my gosh. And, and look at her food log and she's including all these great ingredients. And you're just like, on the surface, this is crushing it. But we don't have a period right now. So what is it? And she's not exercising and she's eating before she takes walks and all that good stuff. So like, what is it? Um, and so we go like in-depth interview, right? And I have this checklist and I'll ask like minute detail, basically about behavior around food for the most part. And what we uncover here is that she is, she mostly eats poultry and fish, right? For example, as her, as her meat. And she has one plant-based meal a day. And she usually has salmon and it's usually like skinless chicken breast. Like, okay. You know, there's other examples too, right? Where it's like, oh, you're eating avocado. Cool. How much? Oh, a quarter. I upped it to a half. And so it's, I'm, I'm seeing remnants of restriction here and it's just that you are enjoying it. Yes, you have gained weight. Yes, you are behaving differently, but what's all this about? You know, is it just preference? What is it that's making you, um, you know, like only eat these things? And she's amazing because she's like, she really utilizes the sessions as a time to be brutally honest. She's like not trying to bullshit anyone so <laughs> those are the best where you're like oh let's go yeah like you're you're just you need help reflecting right so she's like I I do actually still always want to be the one that cooks so I can control it because these are the things I want to eat right? instead of letting my husband cook or I always want to be the one that chooses the restaurant and I know because I check at the the website to look if there's something quote unquote healthy I can eat so where it's like oh okay no you feel like that's the ed voice right is like telling her this is good we're good right here let's draw like i'll meet you halfway like and and this is where we're gonna go and so anyways what i then asked was what was different what's different about right now to when you got that period back that first month she was on vacation and uh, I was like oh what foods we would be eating do you think you were eating like red meat she's like dude we went to this German town I was eating schnitzel I was eating bratwurst I was eating Reuben sandwiches <laughs> and I was like ding 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 you know we yeah. found it we found mm-hmm. it and you have a reservation and you feel like you're fully recovered but you're still holding on to this stuff that it seems reasonable on the surface that you should be able to eat in this way because this is what we have deemed healthy as a society and and you know she's to her right like a bratwurst and a reuben sandwich is like junk food but like who said that it's not it's not like twinkies and kfc like this is just because it's a high fat hearty like peasant food you know 
it, it, it's just very interesting to comb through and find like, oh no, you're still holding on to these behaviors because you're still holding on to these ideals that to bring it back to what you said, right, is still in front of you. And so you are making decisions and taking action and have doing behaviors that are aligned with that goal. And it's so not serving this, you. Oh yeah. There's this analogy that um, one of my mentors uses is that you've memorized the eye chart, meaning on the surface, it looks like everything because you know, like we've memorized, oh, well, we need to have some meat in there, but not red meat. Oh, we need to have some fats in there. So here's a quarter avocado instead of a whole avocado or half avocado or you know what I mean? Type of thing to where you've memorized the eye chart to what it would look like to pass the HA test that you're no longer dieting, right? But whenever you pull out that eye chart and you give them a new eye chart and you're like, oh, you can't see anything, right? Like, so that's the, uh, you know, like to the point where if, you know, like we were to pull this out and really have you start over and build a meal, you are still building with all these preferences and restrictions and standards and structures rather than actually just eating. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I'm not surprised that how far off the question we got here, <laughs> but I do think this was fire. Oh, this is so good. No, 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 no. This was good. This was good. Uh, okay. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. Let's do um, another question. 
We're going to have time for two today, I think. This is good. We'll do one. All right, Sophie, I have a few questions about recovery. I'm at the very start of my second recovery journey, and I'm having extreme tiredness and bad leg cramping. Is this a good sign that recovery processes have started in my body? I was also wondering if you could maybe talk a bit about some of the other less lovely symptoms we should expect during the first stages of recovery and maybe a bit of the science behind them. Like why am I experiencing leg cramps? Is it to do with the electrolyte rebalancing in my muscle tissue? Sorry if this is too in-depth, but I feel that understanding the science behind what is going on inside my body really helps me to find self-compassion and motivates me to accept the situation and keep going. P.S. I love, love, love the podcast. Thank you so much for providing so much freely available support in Info for AJ. It's honestly been life-changing for me. And as a uni student, the spare money, I don't have the spare money to see specialists. Thank you again. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start off with saying that almost everybody who goes through recovery experiences this like deep soreness like it's almost like to the bone so I remember the first month I meant the first two weeks I literally sat there no it was the first month and I was like I'm in so much pain this doesn't make sense um so that is very common very 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 common I have searched the answer for this and I have not found it yet I have not heard anybody talk about it yet. The only thing that I've heard about it is that it is one of those common uh, reported symptoms that no matter which group within the HA society, not, not, sorry, not within the HA society, but within the HA world, you're always going to find people who are like, I'm experiencing this deep leg cramps. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing this body aches. Um, and no one's been able to explain it yet. If you have, let me know. Cause that's a really, cause I'm just nerd wise. I love knowing mm. this stuff. Um, um, I do think it would be interesting to see if it will, cause some people who, well, that's a whole other thing. It would be interesting to see if it is from the increase of water, the increase of, of electrolytes. Yeah. My like, theory is cool. it's probably like the more deficient you were in something, the bigger the ache and response you're going to get mm-hmm. when, when, so if you were less deficient, you're probably going to experience less of the swelling. If you went all in zero to hundred, right. You know, your body's processing a lot of stuff and like, you know, is your body refilling with glycogen and water and yeah, are like, like it, it could be so many things. And there could also be like different, different reasons, different causes um, for different people, but elicit the same symptom. Yes. Yeah. And it makes me think about kind of like what's going on whenever we are getting really, 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 really close to like ovulating and like recovering is that like your body's now actually having the additional fuel to start the process of healing and actual recovery. Does that make sense? So especially if you're coming from, you don't have to be an an extreme athlete, but let's just say that, I mean, like you participate in movement whenever you have HA, although the feel that comes in, obviously your heart and brain get fed, but then your body has to prioritize fueling that movement. And so what doesn't get fueled is obviously the HPO axis in the, in the reproductive organs, but recovery simply like muscle recovery, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So think about it. Like you have potentially years of 
not having enough fuel left over for actual recovery. And so as these nutrients and energy starts flowing in, it wouldn't be crazy that your body's like, oh, we got enough to start taking care of some of these things around the house. Like, so, you know, start fixing up the house, (laughs) you know, like replacing some things, fixing some things, mending some things. Um, but I have no science to support that. That's actually just what I told myself as I was, I I was like, I was like, this makes sense. I've been five years, not been able to give my body what it needs to actually recover from a training session. Um, I guess I wondered what I thought was supposed to happen. You know what I mean? But I would love to hear um, any science on that in general. Mm. Other symptoms. um, Yeah, that's good. Other, other like less uh, pleasant, I suppose she was saying like symptoms, the ones that come for me for my very first recovery period, I started sweating and I was, I smelt like I, for the first time ever had beer. <laughs> and yeah. Um, oh yeah. I used to ride out with no BO for a really long yeah, time. Yeah. I was like, I don't sweat. I don't have a smell, but yeah. then suddenly it was like pff, hormones. Yeah. And this happens also postpartum for a lot of people. Oh well. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you start sweating I, out the excess hormones. Yeah, I was like, Blake, I smell horrendous. Terrible. And then I was also, um, with my first period, I just, I smelt and I was greasy. Like I felt like a, a teenager, like going through puberty. Um, so, I was greasy all over my yes, face, super yes. oily. I couldn't wash my face enough to feel yes. clean again. <laughs> um, I remember right as I was about to get my first cycle, I texted you and I was like, I have pimples on my face. I've not <laughs> had pimples on my face in like seven <laughs> years like I you're like that's actually a really good sign I think it's close you know what yeah. I mean? um so pimples super greasy like in like the t-zone pimples around the jawline those deep deep pimples where you're yeah. like it's just I mean, half my those face. ones are gonna come every month <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those yeah deep ones. um I know one of the things that Danny and I talk about a lot is when you're about to like fire your coach, quit everything, return back to your old ways, your cycle is coming. It is, it is like to the point where I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, I had it, it happen multiple times. Like, I mean, to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm about to lose this client. Like she hates me. And sure enough, like, she's like, oh, by the way, I just started. I'm like, uh huh. I know, and it's such a hot, like an uncomfortable spot to be in, where you're like, oh, I just want, I just like want you to know that you're so close right now. Um, yeah. I had a discovery course on this week, and it was interesting because she was like, "Look, the symptom that's annoying me the most right now for the past like two weeks, I'm so emotional, like I'm borderline depression. My husband's calling to check on me, like it is crazy, and I can't be this way anymore. And so that's why I booked this call, right? And I was like, oh. <laughs> you're about to start (laughs) you know there's there's like obviously I don't know I don't have enough information but um there's like that's actually more of a symptom of recovery that I see more often and people are a lot more like stable uh I'm not saying energetic I'm not saying they always feel good but they're a lot more consistent with their emotions when they have HA and then your period is on its way um and then every month forever this happens you just sort of start to get used to it. But those first few times you're just like, what is happening? I'm spiraling and I'm never going to get out of this.
this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> um, right before I, I got my first one, granted, there's a whole backstory to it. So there's obviously some emotional things going on as well. But just to give anyone an idea, I threw myself on the couch as I was having an absolute meltdown, but not threw myself as in like butt into the seat, but as in like face plant into the couch. So you know that you don't fit, that you just wind up bouncing off or sliding down, right? (laughs) And just crying, losing it. So, and poor Blake's sitting there like, (laughs) what do they do? And Blake's like, look, I've been to... Blake's like, I've been to Afghanistan, but I, I don't know what to do in this situation. So literally like that was the emotional state I was in right before I started. So if you feel like you're like your whole world is ending Mm -hmm. and you can't cope with life, you're so close. You're so close. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, sore sore boobs nipples like all the cervical mucus not everyone gets it but just even just that coming back to life that can only be produced by hormones so that's a great sign too yeah it freaks people out but it's not gross yeah i guess those are some of the less pleasant i'm sure there are people who have their own like unique ones also with my greasy face was my greasy hair just a grease ball i'm just grease like i just (laughs) would i'm just like made of oil like you could fry an egg with the amount of grease that I produce when stuff's not going how it should. <laughs> uh, okay, I love that one. So I want to talk about a bit about this whole like understanding the science helps me thing. I agree, right? Like I I enjoyed it and it wasn't like I need to understand this, the science in order to take action, but it does help for a few different things. Um, and I don't know if we even, like, I don't think you even need to understand the science of what's happening in your brain, but I will let Ashley do her, um, <laughs> her gonadotropin releasing hormone spiel because I know she loves it. But, I love it. <laughs> but what I think is like super, super important is to realize that your body is an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Every single part of it, just like the planet earth or a forest, rainforest, right? You can't plant trees And then like, so imagine you plant a bunch of trees, but then due to climate change, there's no water and these trees that you just planted die. Like you can't just do one thing and have like this one thing flourish uh, all by itself. You know, like you take, um, you know, you start eating beef liver and then like, and the the beef liver is the, the thing that brought that made the tree grow. No, the rain helped make the tree grow. So you need to have everything in the body operating on all cylinders in order to get what you are looking for, right? So don't look at your age recovery in like a bubble or a vacuum. Like your whole body is switching things back online. Your whole body is like your metabolism, right? Your metabolism is the total... Uh, energy required to run the cellular functions of your body so if you think of it like that you know every single ounce of every calorie matters for every single thing that's happening in your body so if you just think about the hairs growing on your head if you just think about the saliva being formed in your mouth if you think about your heart beating your kidneys functioning your liver functioning all of those things those are all 
things that require energy to operate just like your reproductive system does. So that's all you really need to know, right? Like is that it, you're, you're feeding every system in your body so that when they are all working, your reproductive system is safe to come back online. It's just like, we just, the whole thing matters. The whole picture matters. Um, and so like the whole rainforest analogy (laughs) is just, (laughs) it probably didn't make any sense. Um, you know, it's just to say that like, stop looking at just the tree, look at the whole forest or look at the whole planet. That's good. That's good. That's good. No, I like that. I like that. And I like that we do this so that you can see how our two different brains work. And then like, you can mash it together and then you're like, that makes sense. Or, or like you pick which one that you're like, I totally vibe with the tree thing. Right. And you're like, I don't know what Ashley's talking about. Well, no, because, because both are important and I'm, I'm pumped to like, to let you do it. It's like, it's yeah. so cool to understand the mechanism that's happening in that one area, but you do like allow yourself to think about everything. <laughs> yeah. So my version of this is I love looking at the science. So um, in the hypothalamus is the pitu- uh, is the gonadotropin releasing hormone. And that actually gets a nutritional report from what you're eating uh, and everything coming in, sorry, and everything coming in. And from there, it pulsates down into the pituitary and then pituitary is like, oh, sweet. And so here's, here's the best part is that it's not just like a one-time send message like like that hormone being um the gonadotropin releasing hormone being sent to the pituitary it pulsates there it has to be the strength of the pulse it has to be the frequency so this isn't just like a one time like and then i over ate over ate in air quotes one time and i don't know why my period didn't come back anyways so then from there the pituitary then releases the fsh that thing stimulates you know the follicle and that also helps estrogen to be produced, released, uh, made all the goodness. Right. And the point about that is that's where we start to see the different signs and symptoms of recovery coming back online. Right. I like to think of like, because we can see this in our charts, we can see this in blood labs. You you know what I mean? As clients recover if someone, if someone enjoys taking labs, like we don't really push for it. And you can see that certain, like certain signs are coming back on as their estrogen starts to increase, but they haven't started their, their cycle yet. And that's simply because as estrogen starts to come back online, certain parts of your body start to wake back up, certain symptoms start to come back on. And it goes all the way back up to the hypothalamus because there's enough fuel coming in. So this is why when some people are like, I will only eat a certain amount. Well, you may only get a certain amount of symptoms of your period coming back, but it's not going to be enough to push it over the edge and actually ovulate. Right. So that's why whenever we go in with the mindset of, I'm only going to let myself gain five pounds. I'm only going to let myself gain 10 pounds. Well, you're going to get something for it, but it may not be ovulation. You just may have a really oily face and no ovulation, right. Or you just may have uh, wild hormones, like, and, moods and emotions, but you may not get ovulation yet. Right. So it's one of those things as, as estrogen builds, then the symptoms start to kind of pick up. So I like to say like towards the bottom is possibly like 
your hair maybe starts to grow, your nails start to grow, you know what I mean? All these other things like, you know, um, cervical. So as estrogen rises, cervical mucus, as it gets really, really close to there being enough estrogen circulating in your system to trigger LH there. So that's the other thing. It's not just like, Oh, I made estrogen. I'm good. It's like, do you have enough estrogen Mm -hmm. circulating in order to trigger ovulation? We can tell when it's unstable Yes, on the chart. Yeah. Yes. We can tell when it's unstable in the chart. We can tell when we're moving to enough estrogen because your chart starts to look way more normal. It goes from like erratic to normal. Um, there, so like, there's other ways to like measure it, but the point is like, you can't just make some estrogen, you have to have enough. And so ironically, we can see that in the amount of symptoms kind of building up as your estrogen builds up enough for ovulation. So that's why I love being like, yeah, you have some estrogen, but not enough in, in the quote unquote reserve to push ovulation. And I think it's a great way to acknowledge that you are doing great work. You are moving towards progress. You are doing the thing, but we don't get to limit what your body deems as enough or necessary. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can have enough to have some hormonal activity, but you can have uh, not enough for a thriving optimal cycle, which is always, um, you know, the issue after you get your first period is like, it doesn't mean it's ready for action yet. And that's why we often see unstable estrogen in the form of um, spotting early on or in the form of low temperatures in the form of follicular waves, mucus coming and going, skipped ovulation altogether, um, and ovulation. That's what that typically looks like. And yeah. And I was studying last night on leptin and it's so interesting because leptin communicates to our reproductive system, like how much fat we have in reserve, which makes sense that when yet, whenever you lose so much weight or enough for your body. So that's the thing, the enough for your body, your leptin levels go down and then the leptin then communicate. Um, like there's a relationship between leptin and LH to where it makes sense that there's multiple little reports being sent to different parts of your HPO yeah. access. This is, that reminds me, we won't go down this alley, but the uh, interesting question I got yesterday was, um, is there a difference between like, what if I just gained a bunch of muscle versus gaining some fat? Leptin. Yeah, there's a difference. You need the body fat because it's a totally different profile. It has the leptin in it. Different, different thing, different question. If you want us to go into that, re-ask the question to the email. But um, yeah, like it's, it's complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so think about that's why you can't, I mean, so like the body has turned off because we've chronically like, underfueled it, undernourished. Um, and there it makes sense that there's multiple messages that get sent to different parts of the HPO axis that gives the approval. And it, and it's so interesting that it gives the um how much fat does this person have on reserve? Because it makes sense. Like one of those things that I tell too is if like your body is so intentional, it's like, does she have enough fat to breastfeed? Does she have enough fat to carry out pregnancy? No, no, no. Well, then she does not have enough fat to turn on this reproductive system and have the chance of getting pregnant. So that's how I like to look at the body. 
yeah, I love it. And then the, the final analogy I want to add on, inspired by something that you're talking about too, which was like the allocation of resources and what's going to get switched back on and when. That's a thing too. That's a question, right? So like what comes next? <laughs> and although there are common patterns and themes, you know, you'll come across someone who is like, you know, I've had it for years, but actually I never really lost my hair or, you know, like this never happened to me or this happened to me in the extreme. Um, and so we see like these variations and what starts to switch back online is different. And the way I like to explain that is basically imagine a company um, there's lots of different companies and they all have a different CEO who are all making different decisions about the allocation of resources to different departments right your body has departments and your brain CEO your hypothalamus right is making decisions about what departments need what resources how much of those resources and why that is that make up that that decision is unique to you and we so we don't have the answer about like exactly how your body is utilizing the energy how much it wants to store in excess on your body before it feels safe how much it wants to um you know utilize for the like for how fast or slow your metabolism is going how much it wants to send to digestion how much it wants to send to hair and nails how much it wants to send to like the healing of an injury like this is all really specific and that's that why you must eat in excess right that is why maintaining or towing the line about how much you want to eat to get your period back is um you know it's important because we don't know where all the resources are going but the likelihood is they're not all just going to your period they're going to other places and in order to crawl out of this, right, if you don't eat enough, it's like filling a bucket with a hole in the bottom. Oh, totally. And think about we actually, even if like we were to try to track every symptom of every person who's ever recovered that like we've worked with, there's people where it's like two years down the line where they're like, oh, wait, I'm sleeping phenomenal now to where it's like, you almost don't even know how many things have been brought offline until you continue to recover. And you're like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that we understand the depth of the things that are turned off at the cellular level within our body that don't, that maybe don't have a big physical manifestation to understand everything that's been turned off. And therefore everything that needs to be turned on and then timeline that certain bodies like perceive that. Right. I think about everyone's situation is different. Some people are like, I'm fully okay with never working out again. Some people want to continue working out some people, you know what I mean? So then even then just like you're saying like the allocation is then different during recovery and after recovery based on lifestyle genetics, you know what I mean? Just a whole bunch of things. And just to the, I feel like it's like uh, the deep sea where we just don't know. <laughs> yep, it kind of is. There's an element of trust that you must have. This yeah. was great. This was fun. Did you have fun? This was good. Look, this it's exactly good. an hour. We did it. We did it. Thank you very much, Ashley. Um, where people can go find you, right? Ashley underscore Marie underscore 
Smith underscore. underscore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or just over at the HA society.com or yeah, at the HA podcast, you'll find us. Yeah. Yeah. We're there. Find us. Um, Come hang out guys. Again, if you want to ask a question to the show, we want to do this more regularly. So send an email to Danny at the HA society.com or reply to one of my weekly emails. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah, excited. <laughs> hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping. But once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs. And then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons, like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction. TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? 
If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other... Like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.